Hello and welcome to episode nine of the uh, Collins Punk Rock World podcast. I don't know how we've got to nine episodes and no one's told us to bugger off yet, but here we are. Um, thanks for listening. Today I am joined by Dan number two and we've got our special guest Mackie Hall. Hi. Uh, what does Mackie do? Um, I write stuff for magazines uh, both online and in print mostly for rockfreaks.net though I do a couple of issues a year with Down for Life and I'm about to do the second issue for Fistful of Metal um, it is literally their second issue printed so that's pretty fun cool. and you promote gigs for Frowleys in Hastings as well? yeah, yeah I'm, um, I'm actually the assistant manager of the venue so um, I do put on um, quite a few gigs there um, when we're allowed to do that again. <laughs> yeah, in, in the before times. In the before times, indeed. <laughs> All right, so today we're going to talk about uh, venues and like our favourite things about them, our, fav- our, our favourite venues, um, what, make, what we think makes good and bad venues, and like the difference between big and small venues, like experiences of venues abroad, uh, fa- famous venues you like to visit or just venues because they are very important to the the music scene not just punk but music in general and obviously at the moment a lot are going to be in trouble because of covid and they can't operate properly at the moment and take money so uh, we need to support these venues so we thought we'd have a chat about them and if you do want to support the venues, uh, just head over to the Music Venue Trust and donate some money because they're doing some fantastic work. So, yeah. So, Dan, we'll start with you. Oh, I just hit a table. Whoops, I didn't come oh, on the microphone. Man. We'll start with you. Um, what was the venues like where you grew up? So, I grew up in like, a small village called Crowthorne. And um, there are no venues in Crowthorne. So, the nearest places we have is... Um, so the first place I actually played was there's a art center in uh, Bracknell called the South Hill Art Center, I believe. Yeah, that's what I think it's called. And they had like a small bar was sort of underground in a cellar called Cellar Bar. And it's like a really, really tiny room. Like you, you jump and you'd hit your head. Like that's how small it is. And it's yeah, like you're quite tall, though. Yeah, I am. I, I, I have almost died in this venue multiple times. <laughs> I'm going to get sidetracked on the uh, times I've hit my head. I nearly knocked myself unconscious in a practice room once. It wasn't oh, very nice. Lord. That sounds like uh, a Twitter account I want to follow. Times I've hit my head. <laughs> Just like six, every six months. <laughs> Did it again. Hurts. Still almost unconscious. Um yeah, um, it was like a nice little place and they like let bands that were like 14 play, which is super, super rare. Like uh, to get to like a place where you can actually have younger bands on, it's because it was like a link with an art center. They could like reasonably sell alcohol upstairs from one of the bars without having it technically in the venue. So then you can have younger bands play, which is really interesting like you you get some really awful young bands go through but it would be their first or like second gig and like they'd be playing to like actual audiences so like my first experience of going to a venue was there and seeing bands there and playing there and it was like absolutely wonderful like just 
um, it was the first time I'd actually seen another punk band as well. Like, because we were playing like school how holes and things like that and you'd the sound would be awful and it would be parents who who go oh i remember punk rock i remember like the sex pistols and stuff and you're like mm, it's not the sort of thing we're playing but i appreciate and um yeah we met a band called launch control who i've probably talked about way too much but like they were like maybe i think mid-20s when we met them when we were like 14 and they were like you're playing the same stuff we are and we'd be like you you're playing the stuff we are but you're actually good and like <laughs> that connection to that venue has always stayed and we've always gone back there and sort of like played there whenever we got the opportunity and like it's just a really nice little place with like a um, nice sound going for it and usually there's like seven people in there. <laughs> i'm not gonna lie nowadays like nobody goes there but like it it's still nice to go back and play there and to have that exposure to a venue and it was just like sort of 10 minutes drive away but like we then move on to like the closest big town to me is reading and um the first venue we, we got to play and see there was face bar which is still like really close to my heart mainly because like the first gigs we had we uh the first one was snowed off because it was like that january where it randomly snowed and then the second time somebody was stabbed outside the venue oh, like Christ. maybe a couple of weeks before so our parents were all like should you really be playing this place when you're 16 and people get stabbed outside and we're like but it wasn't stabbed in the venue they're stabbed outside so it's it's fine (laughs) (laughs) the venue is like in a really dodgy place like uh down an alley and sort of like on its own like separate from everything else but it's like consists of two rooms one bigger one one smaller one and the sound's really nice. They've redone the stages since, like, we started playing there because they used to just be, like, uh, the the ends of pallets that they painted over black and just, like, put some extra wood on them. And, like, I think somebody put their foot through it or something. So they actually got a proper stage at some point. But it's a really nice, like, little place and, like, was, like, really um, just nice for, like, your first couple of gigs and like it still is really nice to book it there and just have bands and it's really nice to run all dayers in both the rooms because you can have bands setting up while other bands are playing and just keep the energy going through the day and the day and we used to have like in some of the gigs they used to have people outside around the back in the smoking area doing food as well so we'd have like pancakes or like something or just like kebab meat or something flying around and it would be like really really nice What's the capacity yeah. like there? So um, the big room, I think, is at 400 and the small room is at 200. Oh, reasonable then. Yeah, yeah we were going to have some bigger acts play there last year and like it would have been just absolutely packed and it, it, it's just got that really nice atmosphere and the bar like sort of stretches to the right of the venue so you can kind of get a drink whenever you're listening to bands really nicely and there's no like issue getting to the bar as well. She's just, yeah, really good. Uh, like that's um, the other big place to mention growing up was, um, which is more of an, um, is not now existing was the Queen's Arms. They would like literally regularly put punk bands on in the back room. And it was just like this pub in the middle of nowhere in Reading. Um, it, it, it kind of lost its magic later on because we found out they were putting on EDL meetings as well. <laughs> 
<laughs> so they would oh, put God. EDL meetings on on the Tuesday and they have like anti-fascist punk bands playing the Saturday. Corner <laughs> in all the markets. Yeah, it was, it, was, it, it was awful to find that out and then go, well, we can't really play here anymore. <laughs> well, the landlord was like, well, they, they just come in here and drink. I don't really have anything to do with it. And we're just like, well, we can't, we can't have both things happening. So... But eventually they ran out of business because I think they were trying to cater to too many people and yeah. now it's a homeless shelter. Oh, ah. well, that's something good come from it then. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, at least it's doing something productive. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Mackie? What were the, um, did you grow up in Hastings or are you? Yeah, yeah, pretty much stayed in Hastings more or less most of my life. I did a brief stint in Midlands, but yeah, Hastings um, has always had a load of venues since like at least my teens way before um we grew up there's a place that was called the crypt um and it's a little it's almost like a smaller version of the underworld right and it had some of the best like almost bigger acts had gallows played there twice um like electric six played there like uh, even like on the other end i think um, it's like some like famous DJs played there a few times. It catered to all kinds from the alternative scene to like the drum and bass scenes, all sorts. Um, though in 2010 that place went bankrupt, which is a big shame. We loved it and we were heartbroken. Um, where I work, Crowley's has always been some sort of venue as well. Uh, that was probably one of the first venues I went to when I was 14, because that did also the, like the 14 plus nights every Thursday for a while. Um, it was called Heroes back then, um, and then it became Flares for about five years as well. And I think um, uh, some of our mates would have played there. I know that Jordan played there. We dropped this quite a few times when it was Flares. We also had um, the Tubman as well. The Tubman was known as well for his kind of like underage people <laughs> drinking at times. Uh, but it was probably the home of the punk scene for a while, um, like. Matilda Scoundrels played some of their earlier shows there. Uh, Made of Ace played some of their earlier shows there, I'm sure. Um, it was, yeah, it was a proper, like, little place. Uh, Wonky that played there loads. So it was a lovely little place. We even had, like, biggish fans, like, I know Stuzza from Leftover Crack came there at least once. Wow. What's um, things like as a punk scene? I've never actually been. It's very tight-knit. Um, and it's almost, they prefer their kind of, like, short, fast, angry song kind of punk more than the kind of melodic punk uh, that some of us love. Um, and, but there's also a bit of a love for ska punk as well, which I don't quite understand how there's, you got the bruisey-ish, like kind of like Aggie punk and then out of nowhere, everyone's loving ska as well. Um, but it works, both work fine. Like Pope's Chili Town always kill it down there. Faintest Idea always kill it down here. When you have like, Bands when uh, Revenge of the Psychotronic Man always came down there and stole a show, same as Nosebleeds. There's like, there's something about just almost like the TNS scene always yeah. thrived down here. I think the connections with the Matilda Scoundrels guys, they, they, they really put Hastings on the map for that, like the DIY punk, here, punk stuff. Yeah, because that obviously in the past, not the last year, obviously, but it always seems to be something going on. I, thought I, just, I do need to get down there when we can. It is uh, the uh, Toxic Water guys. I mean, for the last, I think, 2020 would have been the fifth uh, Water Club Fest. And that's where I kind of modelled my Arrow Fest on. 
it was like a weekender, like kind of like six months on the other sides of the year for their event. And but they always pack out venues with their what's called first. And it's people that come from all over the country and even Europe came to what's called first. Is uh, and that's been at like the Tubman a couple of times. We was at the Pig's Palace a couple of times, uh, and we would have had their Crowley's for a second time if it wasn't for the pandemic. Ah, uh, that, that bloody pandemic. That bloody pandemic, indeed. Uh, <laughs> see, I grew up in Colchester, and like, I feel like, because I, I started going to gigs late, so there weren't many venues left, I think, by the time I sort of really started going to gigs. But like, the main one was The Twist, which was like a sort of locals sort of venue, rather, but had occasionally, like, I saw Sponge play there once, which was really cool, but they mostly just played like local bands, like they were starting out. But sadly, that sort of died because I think it went for a lot of different owners and they sort of, I guess, weren't making money because it's a venue. And then we also had like the Colchester Arts Centre, which was like the big venue in Colchester, which I don't think that big, but it's big for Colchester. And they, they'd actually get, I think, literally every year they seem to get a real big fish, okay. which I always found quite strange. But because um, the Arts Centre, I, I would not say a thousand. I'd guess around 600. That's still a decent size. Decent size. It's just weird that like when a big band would come to Colchester, because you'd usually go to Norwich or uh, London, because Colchester's in the middle. Yeah. So, so it was always a bit of a... If a big came, band came, it was like, oh, wow. Do they always have good shows, though? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's probably why. Yeah. I think they... I don't think I knew really knew anyone who was that into Scar, but when a real big fish turned up, <laughs> it was it would sell out. It was really weird. We we have the weird phenomenon of Scar over here as well, yeah. where like most people are listening to oi music in Bracknell and Reading, but then suddenly a Scar band will come, like Call Me Malcolm or something, and they'll sell out and do really well over here. That's because Scar is the best music. Definitely a resurgence for sure. <laughs> Definitely is good. About time. <laughs> um, yeah, now I live in Bedford and we have basically have Esquires. It's the only venue in Bedford that I've discovered. And again, it's the sort of venue they get some cool bands come along, but it's very much like a locals only kind of like it's people turn up because it's Esquires and they don't know who's on. It's just where they're going drinking at night. So the bands sometimes don't get like the respect they deserve, I feel. It's like oh, I remember okay. watching a band. Oh, they were a support band. I forget if they were supporting now, but uh, they were literally their first ever show. And there were these two ladies right at the front, sort of back to the stage, having a drink and a chat. I'm like, they're literally only, only there because it's like a Friday night and what else are you going to do in Bedford? But I just found it really, like, it annoyed me so much. I just found it really disrespectful. And like, yeah, there's, there's other rooms in this building where you can go have a drink and a chat. What's your band? Mm. But it's what it is. Um, we also, I guess, Milton Keynes as well is down the road, and they've got the Crawford Arms there, which is a much better like venue for like punk music, I find, or just alternative music. That seems to get quite a few bands as well, which is quite nice to see. Milton Keynes seems to like spawn quite a lot of decent bands over like the last 10, 15 years or so. Yeah, they kept down obviously the the main yeah. one, yeah, an anti vigilante, yeah, anti vigilante. I loved six point five back in the day, yeah. I know Emma, like my girlfriend, that CPRW person, she um, 
went to school with them or knew someone but one of her friends she went to school with was a relative or something like that but fun I, fact of how i actually met emma was on twitter um I put up a tweet asking for 6.5 tracks because nowhere had it. And randomly I got a tweet of her sending me some tracks. Nice. And this is before I even knew you guys. This is like, I'm going back to like 2012. It's hilarious. This is before I knew Emma. I randomly meet her when she's with you. Yeah. (laughs) I guess this punk scene is quite a small place, really. So you're going to bump into people you meet online all the time, aren't you? Yeah. Which is cool. The best people to meet from the mm. internet are punk people. Oh, of course. So, um, like, what else have we got? So, what were your like first experiences of DIY gigs? I guess well, Dan's answered that, and you've answered that. So, yeah, I'll, I'll answer my own question. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my thing was, you know, Urban Bar in Whitechapel. I don't know it, but go on. Yeah, like last thing, the Burnt Tates played their um, album launch for Never Better There. Oh, I, 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 I think that was when I met you, Dan. The name of it, but yeah. I've never been there. It's called sort of like a little, little sort of spot. It's above a, a pub. They do, I think it's like a community space as well as a, a gig venue. But I went there to see a band called Sweet Empire, like from Holland, like skate punk band. Really cool. And on that night as well, like a really early version of Ledge Shot Hazard played. Um. Yeah. But it was like, I've never really, I've been to gigs obviously before. I don't think it was my first time realising like what a DIY gig was. Like I got to the bar, found, found the way up the stairs to the actual room because I didn't have a clue where I was going. And like the guy on the door was actually Ollie Ward of like Till, uh, Till the Wheels. <laughs> like had a list of paper of names on it. I was like, you Colin? Yeah. And like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is this is a DIY gig. Man. <laughs> like it's just very small and... Like that was my first experience of going to a DIY gig, and boy, it was fantastic. I liked like the intimacy of it, and the it felt oh, yeah. like doing something cool rather than just be like being a part of something rather than just being at something. Oh yeah, for a sure, cool thing. Uh, like, I guess we're all sort of within the the thought that small venues are better than big venues. Yeah, and I'd yeah. Probably, uh, <laughs> Us like being in, somewhat involved in the music scene, we've become mates of plenty of the bands, and it's just great seeing our mates kill it on stage at these small venues sometimes. Definitely, yeah. Also, it's like it's really nice if you get to see your mates play a big stage as well. Like that is just yeah. like I think that actually does make big venues. But my my experience with big venues is always. Like when I was younger, I really enjoy going to a big venue. But now I'm older and a bit more cynical. I just sit there going, they haven't sound checked any of these bands because the sound just sounds dreadful. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, just, I've done that yeah. I just I just feel like at an O2 gig, like um, when you go see No Effects, everyone else sounds dreadful apart from No Effects, and you go, did, did they really just like make me pay twenty quid for a ticket for like? Most of the night sounding dreadful. Oh, uh, no, a fixed ticket is much more than 20 quid <laughs> these days. <laughs> is it? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's close to 40 it. these days, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> far, far too much for a performance. Dan says it all there, to be honest. I'm shocked. <laughs> it's far too much for a performance. It's either going to be brilliant or absolutely terrible. There's never a, yeah. a middle ground with no effects. I've seen them do both. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone has. <laughs> I think but, it was... Uh, 
the slam dunk recently. They um, apparently in Leeds they played absolutely terrible, and then down in Hatfield they played amazing. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were. I thought they were great at Hatfield. Yeah, even if they were still very drunk. But, yeah, I mean that's again what you would expect from no effects. Ripping suppose, into so. Chris two for the entire yes. tour. Of the set. <laughs> that was wonderful. That was great. That was one of my highlights. <laughs> and they're doing the Chris number two jumps. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's like one of the things I remember from that whole day. Uh, oh yeah, just fat Mike jumping. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen often. <laughs> no, like, uh, so, what other sort of things about small venues do you think make them better? I think it is the intimacy for sure. It's like you're there. You're always almost almost sweatier. Always always sweatier than you ever are at most other gigs. It's just, you can feel the sweat just lingering in the air. Yeah. Sometimes you just know it's been a great gig when that happens. I mean, I'm not a fan of the sweat. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just don't like being warm ever. <laughs> okay. I don't sound to, I love it personally. I think you, yeah. you feel like you've actually done something for once. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like the intimacy is just a nice thing. And oh, you like, like, if you go to, a, like, like obviously we go to New Cross quite a lot, all three of us. And it's nice because yeah. we go there quite a lot. It's nice to feel part of that community. Oh yeah, for sure. Is it like a sort of thing you don't get at a big venue. No, no and I think what it is, especially with Newcastle, is just a, it's smack bang in the middle of like a whole area. Like, people come from all directions. Like, I come up from the south. You come down. Yeah. People come down from north. People come east and west from to it. It is a great little hub. Yeah. Oh, there's my mum in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the, the interesting thing about like um, big gigs now as well for me is um, I, I went and saw Menzingers in February with uh, loads of I, I, I didn't really I just bought the tickets and I didn't really care who was playing um, I, I was going with our bass player from my band and um, the amount of people from the DIY scene who were there at the gig Colin was there, oh, Emma yeah. was there, Paul was there were you there, Mackie? I can't remember. Um, no, I wasn't. I don't really like the Menzingers that much, if I, I'm honest. I, I, I went and uh, sat in a coffee shop before while I was waiting for to meet up with Jack, and uh, I ran into Mark Bell in the same coffee shop. Yeah, I, <laughs> right, my boss keeps trying to ring me. <laughs> That's pretty silent. There you go. <laughs> there yeah, you um, go. Yeah, yeah um, it, it just felt like the smaller scene does go to those gigs and like the DIY scene does exist at those gigs and all your mates and all the people you could possibly want to meet. It's just you don't have that intimacy and you don't have that time to chat because there's so many people there. You don't really make lifelong friends there. Yeah, I agree with well, that like, Yeah, at New Cross and like all the gigs I've been to with DIY, like it's hard to walk away without making a new friend, I find or at least like chatting to somebody about music and then like getting a couple of recommendations from them. And that intimacy is really nice. I'm not sure I enjoy the sweat either. Okay. <laughs> I'm the only one then. <laughs> Mainly okay. because I, I don't sweat too much at gigs. So it's usually other people's sweat I'm covered in, which is not as nice as your okay, own sweat. I apologize. That's probably 90% of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I think with the bigger venues, like that's something that is, I guess, better about them is it's easier to get like friends who aren't as um like involved in the DIY scene to come along to the gig yeah 
which is a lot of times like, oh, you want to go, ah, oh, come see this full band. And they're like, yeah, but you say, ah, oh, come see like the descendants. All right. It's... Yeah. It's been quite a few of those. I've been trying to drag mates to new cross for like so long and they're like, eh, maybe. And some of them do, but there's others that are like, it's, it's this is a gig. It's not like a big gig. It's like, no, you'll, you'll love them. Trust me, come. Because <laughs> I find with like a big, when you go to a big venue and it just, it irritates me that then there's all these people here who clearly like this style of music, but then you go to like a small DIY gig and there's five people there. Or, mm-hmm. or, or not, not that few, but like, why aren't all these people also coming to the small gigs and supporting these up and coming bands who you will love? Like, I think it falls with the uh, pe- people don't know that their favorite band is a band they haven't seen yet. Yeah, like, it, 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 I, I think it stands to reason there are bands that I have literally fallen in love with, but like you go to so many gigs to get those moments. Like, I'd say it's like a one in ten chance for me to see a band that I like at a DIY gig sometimes. Like, if you're going to like a fresh gig that you don't know any of the bands at. Like it'll probably be like a one one in ten, maybe two in ten that you find a band that you like and really fall in love with. But like if I weren't going to DIY gigs, I would never seen like just say nay, who I absolutely love. Oh yeah, for sure. Like it's that experience and then knowing which gigs to then go to is then a part of the learning experience. Like I know that if I go to like things that say Paul has put on for B sharp at new cross, like it's going to be a good show and there'll be bands that I haven't seen before that I will fall in love with. Like that is the difficulty I think for new people. Like if they go to a bigger gig, they know, Oh, I like this headline band. There might be some other bands I like. It's finding that like, I was chatting to a friend about it and like, cause she was wanting to go to loads of gigs like post lockdown and i said like oh this person is running gigs like was running gigs like after the first lockdown and she was like i didn't even know people were running gigs and i was like well they are you just got to know the right people and i started pointing her to stuff and she go how did you find this and i was like oh i just kept going to the same shows with the same people and i find more stuff i love and i think that's the hard thing to get into is finding a person putting on the stuff you like yeah, that's, that's yeah. a really, really good point. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Colin. <laughs> well done. Not fine today. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think there is a case of like knowing where to look, isn't it? Like, I, I get frustrated with, just with people not looking for new music, not just gigs, but new music in general. Like, You see on Facebook all the time, people going, oh, give me some new bands. It's like, it's not hard to find new bands. You have Spotify. You have the internet with Bandcamp on. It's like, it's easy. Oh, enough people like slag off Spotify. I do get the money for it side of it. It's awful. But it's one of the greatest advertising things for finding new bands I have ever come across. And that's hard to say as someone who tries to plug new stuff as a writer. Yeah. (laughs) Spotify beats us. Yeah. Something else I like, really like about small venues, like this is where when you when you get to brag about seeing a band play, it's like they here we got like Spanish love songs. They played some small venues before they went to Shepherd's Bush. You could, it's nice to sort of say I remember when they played the small venue, and now look at them. I like to I like to be that guy, smug dickhead. Oh, who, yeah. um, <laughs> Slaves is one. Um, Slaves played Hastings a good few times before they started like. Packing out bigger places. Yeah, 
I'm looking forward to being able to say aerial salad. I remember when they were. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. They're going to get huge. Yeah, I want to be able to say, yeah, I was one of the guys and put them on. In. I, I, I think I gave them their first Hastings show. Yeah. That's <laughs> cool. I like going the other way. There are some bands that do it like on an off chance, like um, Anti Flag do it a lot, where they'll just play oh, somewhere I've with been like to quite a few of those. Hundred capacity. Uh, did you uh, go to the? I think it was the last Blue Hotel or something they played. Oh, last old Blue. Oh, yeah, oh, that's oh, the blue. one. Yeah, I've been to that one. Yep, yeah. I saw yeah. them twice in one day when they played that. You <laughs> must have come to the same matinee I was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the yeah, matinee I show I was at. <laughs> Probably in the is same room, missing each other. Album for launch. Like, for one of the album, I can't remember which album it was, but yeah, it was American Spring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. No, I'd love to see Anti Flag play a small room. I think well, that's incredible. Um, uh, what's the one in Kingston? I can't remember that t- tiny one in Kingston. Oh, Fighting Cox. Yeah, it's one of Fighting Cox. Oh wow, that was that was a, an incredible. They did basically they played songs from the first four albums, and then the, the following night they played songs for the other four albums that they when they only had eight albums at the time. That was right. like back in uh, 2012. Only eight. <laughs> well, I don't know what they're on, like eleven or twelve now. Uh, oh, they pump them out every year, don't they? They're amazing. Uh, they they played sub eighty nine, which is a tiny club in Reading as well. I went to which... that as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I I've seen Anti Flag about seventeen or eighteen times. To be fair, I I've lost I, I think I'm only on seven or something. <laughs> I, I interviewed uh, Pat at that show as well. Yeah, yeah, I remember you were saying awesome. you were like ecstatic about it. No, I mean I've I've interviewed him twice: the one at Reading and then the one at Chalk. Yeah, I, I mean you you were saying that you were ecstatic to do it at Chalk. Oh yeah, that's a cool yeah. new venue. Yeah, venue. I I quite liked it. It was a weird like vibe though. Like the barriers were in weird places and. Yeah, it, it yeah. was a weird vibe. Um, it's the, new, the real yeah. reason, the the real reason, the thing that made my show was homeless gospel choir coming on, and like three people in the audience knowing who he was. Like that was <laughs> that that was the best thing because I was one of those three people. And I just pushed my way to the front and started <laughs> shouting the lyrics at him. Yeah, I, think I was with you at the time, and you just like disappeared. I was like, "Where the fuck are you going? <laughs> <laughs> Bye." <laughs> I know it that used to be a place called the Hornet, the Chalk, and um, it got basically got turned into a slightly bigger venue than a semi-intimate venue, um, or like an underworld size. Kind of, yeah. I think they just expanded it a bit. They've, I think they possibly went from two hundred cap to four hundred, something like that. Oh, nice. Right. Um... Zoom is going to time us out in a minute, so I'm going to do a quick advert before we have to yeah, no crack on. Right, so I guess when this goes out, it would be out already. So uh, on yesterday, or Friday the 22nd of January, CPRW Records re- uh, put out their first release of 2021, which was Hidden Gems 2. Um, that's on our Bandcamp page. It's running or raising money even for a, a charity called um, Lifeline for Kids, which is a charity that uh, raises money to buy specialist equipment like uh, wheelchairs and uh, stair lifts for children who come from sort of poor and impoverished backgrounds. So really cool charity. They're all volunteer, no government money. So we're really pleased to be able to support them. And yep, so that came out yesterday or on the Friday, the 22nd of January. Okay, we'll be back in a second. I, uh, hello and welcome back to uh, this uh, episode nine of the Collins Punk Rock World podcast. 
uh, we're still we're here with Dan and Mackie and we're now talking about venues and now we're gonna get a bit negative I suppose and talk about things we don't like at music venues what you got um I I, I do have like a uh, real pet peeve like um security that is really over what's the word overzealous yeah that was top of my list <laughs> <laughs> same way yeah length. i've had that um I, yeah i've definitely had that before uh one of the o2 venues for sure at a hardcore show because they'd never seen a hardcore show before and they didn't understand the whole spinny kicks and arm flailing and they thought people were actually fighting yeah like the difference between like people moshing around and having a good time and people being assholes like is a really thin line and if you get good security guards they they will sort it out when it comes too far but like i've been places where the security makes me feel uncomfortable like um recently i it's more of a covid thing but um the amsham arms i think it was ollie's gig the security were like on top of people trying to get them to sit down even when they've just like they stood up to take their coat off and the security would appear and shout at you to sit down. It just made me feel so uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I think post-COVID, they, even at a barman, I've felt it's, you have to really keep an eye on things like that because the rules are so strict. So mm. I do kind of feel on the security guards post-COVID. Like, I, I kind of understood that one like to a degree that's why i sort of prefaced it as covid like but like i've been to other venues where it's both ways so i've had security where we pointed somebody out who's like evidently being an ass and like not being nice to people and like hitting people who don't want to be like pushed around and things like that and security have done like literally nothing and then oh, we've yeah. also had it that like people are just having fun. The security come in and break up a mosh pit, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, I think with security, yeah, yeah, you sure. need like it needs like you want to know they're there to keep people safe. And I think they need to be like seen, I guess seen but not heard, but only but be heard when they're actually yeah. needed. And then these, I guess, like you say, it's a really thin line because. Like I've been to so many gigs where I was like, "Oh, security were here," and I you wouldn't have even known because they're just staying no. out of the way. No trouble, no troubles happen. It's the ones who wanna, I guess. I guess this is just a thing for just bars and clubs in general, isn't it? It's like you get the security guards who do wanna sort of throw their weight around and have a bit of a a scuffle. They're looking for it, which is oh yeah, of course, terrible. But yeah, so it's nice. I think it's good to have security guards who are nice and get it. Rather than the ones like you say who are, uh, I guess, not taking it too seriously, but I guess they're just using their authority. I guess or just not getting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a lot of them just don't get it. Sometimes they just don't understand the kind of culture of of it all. They think that people are being too aggressive when they're not. <laughs> yeah, you'd think yeah. with something like that, like if you're like a venue security guard, you get training that would. Like specialize in venues. Bigger venues tend to just hire outsourced security for all types of events. So a lot of them probably don't even have probably their first gig yeah, of maybe, that yeah. kind of that kind of thing. I find it yeah. hilarious that like when you go to like an O2 venue when you've obviously like got the the photo pit and you've got all security guards there like face 
facing the crowd. I'd be so tempted just to sort of turn around and be like, whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I like yeah. it just my curiosity, but it's a weird, like, I guess it's, I mean, it's a, one of those jobs that I guess is quite thankless as well. Like, Oh, yeah, of course. Like, um, shout out to, like, one of the better security experiences I had last year was New Cross Inn. Um, Were you at the Bad Cop, Bad Cop show, Colin? Yeah, yeah. Um, There was a bloke who was throwing fists around while just moving through the crowd. Oh, wow. I I don't even know. Like, it was like, he was just, like, aggressively just pushing people, like, while he was, he'd get a drink and then he'd like windmill to where he was standing. It was, I, I, I was just utterly bewildered by it. But the security, like, literally, it took them 20 minutes. They'd like spotted him doing it twice and then just threw him out. And like, Good. yeah, they were just on it. Like, I've never had an experience. Who else was playing it? Uh, yeah. uh, Wonk Unit were playing? Yeah, Wonk Unit, Make War, and Billy Liar. Yeah. That seems a very odd show for that kind of behaviour. Yeah, like it wasn't, it wasn't a hardcore show. It wasn't Comeback Kid or Gala. Yeah, I was about to say, it wasn't an upsurge event or anything like no, that. No, it was, no. it was, it was bizarre. We were like, is, I wonder is, if it was because obviously Bad Cop are a Fat Wreck band, so maybe they've just gone because they've seen Fat Wreck. Uh, they're, they're more melodic punk than hardcore. Yeah, I guess no effects. Yeah. They have some. They draw some Older. dickhead fans. Yeah. You're right on that. <laughs> to put it bluntly. I mean, I, I love low effects, so, but I like to think I'm not quite a dickhead. You're not, Colin. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> um, uh, what else do, like, do we not like about venues then? Certain toilets. <laughs> I mean, some. I've been to some venues where the toilets are absolutely abysmal. Yeah. So bad. Um, actually, the first time I went to Newcross, before they had the toilets downstairs... They, the toilets were upstairs where there's a little waiting area. Um, and they weren't the best. They've definitely improved their toilets, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, but, oh, yeah. I spoke to Paul yeah. about the toilets the other day. What if they've done something to the floor of the toilets now to make them better. Or something. They've had the t- floor relayed. For well, they've we redone them again. There. Apparently so. I asked if they were lighting up, but that was not the case. Okay. Badly. Um, the arch was right there, um, in Brighton. And I had a terrible terrible toilets it's probably mostly a nightclub i think but it, oh it's awful <laughs> i don't know what you guys are talking about i love having to push my leg against the door with no lock <laughs> and then have to like squat over the top of the toilet because there's I no toilet seat and then somebody can sit around the room <laughs> i suppose if you go to the underworld you get some kind of like immunity to all kind of germs <laughs> The last time I went in the underworld, they seem to. I don't know if it's since because they obviously the underworld flooded, didn't it? Like the start yeah. of twenty nineteen, maybe. Yeah, it's that maybe, yeah. Hand show got moved. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm assuming they have redone that. Had to like redo the toilets and make them nicer. Yeah, it I haven't been there since. So. No, I used to go to the underworld all the time, but they don't really have that yeah. many punk shows anymore, do they? It's, no, it's moved. I mean, I've been to a lot of hardcore shows there in the last like five years, if anything, but punk shows seem to less and less, for sure. Yeah, it seems like the underworld mostly have bands that have spooky uh, font for their logos now. <laughs> Definitely becoming more of a metal venue, for sure. Yeah. Um, they used to uh, give me priority of guest lists quite a lot of the times. So I can't bow bad mouth on too Fair much. play. Fair <laughs> play. No, I just, like when they used to do like you know like uh, Boomtown and Rebellion, on they'd have that week at Camden Carnage. 
when they just have all the bands playing those festivals doing club shows. And I just go to all of them rather than the festivals. Okay. They were always so much fun. But I don't nice. seem to do that. I mean, obviously, a lot of all the punk bands go south now, don't they? But I've never oh, been yeah. to the underworld because of the stuff you're describing, which is there's no... I, I've seen maybe four shows I would have gone to. It is a great venue. And if you can find a show that you might think you'd enjoy, yeah. I'd go. It is a really good intimate venue, for sure. Yeah, last time I went if, was a, If you could get past there's a fucking pole in the middle of the venue. Yeah, that's, that's on my list of things that annoy me about <laughs> uh, venues. I mean, obviously, they're important because we don't want the uh, roof to come down, but... <laughs> It's uh, it, it, it's quite good they get people to circle it around it. Sometimes. Oh yeah, that one. It's like at Newcross, the one that's on the stage. That's <laughs> that that makes getting a good photo really hard. Yeah, give you there's that. one in the middle of Cellabar in Bracknell, which is just like the worst thing. I've written a tape at Shut song about uh, putting big posts in the middle of <laughs> venues and how people could just die by running into them. Yeah. But, <laughs> This is the thing that they are annoying, but they are vital. <laughs> yes, and yes. Yeah. I'll tell you what, another one. So, some venues do have terrible acoustics. Like, you go there and you can just, if you stand at one end of the venue, it's great. Another end of the venue, it sounds bloody terrible. They need to, like, they just need to adjust their acoustics somehow to make it great in every part of the venue. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a venue I've been to. I'll say recently, it's nothing's been recent, but um, of where, where the like sound is always ah uh, the dome in a Tufnell Park. I always found the sound there to be pretty poor because it's, it's, it's essentially like a big like community hall. It's like dome? quite a, yeah. No, no, <laughs> well, no, it's square. So no. Um, oh, okay. But I always found it like it's got a really high ceiling from what I remember, and I always found the sound there to be a bit off. And then if you stand... it's square. What? <laughs> I, I've, I, I've never been, so I can't comment. I didn't name it, but... <laughs> Does it have a dome on top? Might, maybe, I'm sure. Um... <laughs> no, maybe. I, just... <laughs> I, I always find the sound there to be quite poor, which is a shame, because it's quite it's a big, nice big space venue. It seems like a good place for DIY stuff as well, for the bigger bands. But the sound always lets it down when I've been there. Has there been, has there been a Wonkfest there? Yeah, Wonkfest, I think it's there every year now, because it's uh, attached to the Boston Arms music room. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's it. So the, I think Wonkfest do, do use that. It's really the, an event I've never been to. I should sometime. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like I should go to a Wonkfest. <laughs> All the cool people do go. It does seem like a like a big sort of family day out, doesn't it? It that does. Kind of I, I kind of miss out just purely on the social event, if anything. Yeah, I think that's like the what I like. Like obviously, do it together fest was a big. A lot of the fun in that was seeing like everyone you know and like MPF. It's. I still thank you for that so much. I mean, that's I the last great event I went to. Before. I would thank Paul and Sarah more because they did more of the work. But you were involved. I was stage manager for when I wanted to go down the front and watch the bands. <laughs> we, we got to hang out with you all day, Colin. It was great. Yeah. Host, host with the most. Uh, well, so, something I don't like about venues, I don't know if you found this very often, like when they, you feel like they've got too many people inside the venue. 
Yeah. That just makes it uncomfortable. I love it and hate it at the same time because some, because I think one of them like level up. You can get as many people as you can at that event, but at the same thing, but you know you want more. Yeah. The only downside about it's especially like when Random Man's like headlines that was ridiculously hot in there. Yeah. I think I spent <laughs> half that set outside. I I, 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 was, I was below in front the, of the aircon. <laughs> Smart. I was downstairs and the floor was like pulsing. It felt like it was oh, going to come I, I down. Saw that, was, I saw that video. That yeah. was mental. It was making me feel sick. <laughs> yeah. I was glad I didn't see that till afterwards. How do you stand up down there, by the way? <laughs> that ceiling is very low. Surely you can't be standing up properly. <laughs> I didn't concuss myself that time. Yeah, if Frosty can fit down there, it's fine, I think. That should be oh, the, okay. the rule. If Frosty can fit. measure it. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I kind of agree with Mackie. Like, there's some shows where I'm like, yeah, we could deal with another hundred people here. I know it's packed, but like, it's kind of nice. But I think that relies on the amount of assholes in the room. Like, yeah, yeah, that's um, the trouble. You need the I, right I, amount of people, uh, right level-headed people, as well to be able to do it. Otherwise, it's just uncomfortable. Like I've right been in a couple of people. O2 shows where yeah. like we're being squished in so tightly, and like the barrier, like configuration has like people being squashed in the wrong way oh. and like it just makes the show feel awful because you can see your friends like really struggling to breathe and you're like uh i, th- I think they've oversold this maybe just a bit <laughs> i i think i've done that with uh, some counterbats shows before um because they did a thing in 2012 of playing six venue no five venues in one day but it was in the shape of a pentagram but they played the first one twice to like complete the pentagram so i think it started like obli last and it went to like notting hill then brixton then camden and something else but it was it was in the shape of a pentagram like the way it all went out around london and i think it was like 10 10 pound per show and i think i went to two of them but yeah they were they were rammed you know, like a couple of them and it's like how many people did they want to get into this? Yeah. And at the point where it feels unsafe, isn't it? Which is never a good, like, you don't want to feel like you're going to get hurt or... I know I went to, Less Than Jake played MK11 in Milton Keynes, which is a quite a small sort of bar type, more of a sports bar slash venue. And obviously that was a big deal for them to get Less Than Jake in their venue. Because I think it's maybe 300 people capacity. It's quite small. And yeah, they, I think... Definitely yeah. oversold that, and it was like Less Than Jake are one of my favourite bands. I barely remember a thing from that gig because I mostly remember having to sort of push people away because it was just falling on top of each other. And so I think obviously they wanted the payday; they wanted to sell as many tickets as possible. Which fair enough, yeah. they're a company; they need to make money. But I think you've got to think about people's comfort and safety and their enjoyment of the show. I come away thinking, do I really want to go to somewhere that isn't looking after me? Yeah. Yeah. But they did play my very own flag at that show, and that's like the one thing I remember. <laughs> no, of course not. Um, did either of you go to that Goldfinger show at New Cross? Oh, yeah. How was that? No. Um, I don't think it was that bad for like being oversold, because they obviously, obviously when New Cross is set out, they get rid of like the merch tables on the side, don't they, to give it a bit more space. Mm. And that actually does create a quite a lot more space, more than you'd think it would. So, oh, yeah, of course. No, I don't think remember that being 
stupid like it was full, but it wasn't uncomfortable, I can't from what I remember. But you could just it, it, before it you could just imagine it just absolute rammed carnage. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's partly that obviously Oh, we're gonna big up Paul so much again. I hate doing it because <laughs> Oh, we'll say I, something. I didn't mention him. <laughs> we'll, mention, we'll mention something after his book. I think because Paul's the sort of promoter who does try and look after the people who goes to his, do their, his gigs, which is what you want. It's like, like I've said it to him before. It's like he, does, he doesn't see it as they're his punters. They see it as they're his mates, which I think is a very yeah. good attitude for a promoter to have. It's kind of impossible to avoid talking about him when we've all met at Porsche, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. We'll think of something mean to say about him before the end, just to level it out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mike's a a better looking brother. There we go. (laughs) 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 Um, Oh, bless him. Uh, What else have we got on the uh, list of things? Anything else you dislike about venues while we're being super negative? I got my main points out, I think, to be honest. Yeah. They're the ones that gripe me the most. They're my main three. What do you feel about bands or like venues who don't put out the set times early? Does that, um, does that annoy I'm you? Okay. I'm okay oh. with it to a degree. I, I at least want to know curfew. That's all I care about the most. Yeah. If, yeah. if I've got enough time to get the train back, that's all I care about. Yeah, I like yeah. to know when the first band's on as well, so I'll make sure I'm there. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, doors and, yeah, curfew are pretty much the important ones. It's yeah, thing you can sort of work out as you go. Because I know when we were doing uh, Do It Together Fest, we sort of ummed and ahed about releasing set times for people. I, th- I think there are all three of us are going to fall directly into we like to know set times, but we all don't miss bands because of set times. We don't go at a certain time. I think I've seen all of us like down yeah. as early as we can get. Yeah. I think it's just, it's unavoidable. Some people are going to go to miss certain bands. So you just release yeah. the times and just go for it. I, mean, I like sometimes to know. it's handy if there's a band I don't like, but so I know to avoid them a little bit, to come back for a band I do like. But yeah. other than that, I tend to not be worried. So I like to know if it's an all day so I can plan getting some food. Yeah, I was but about you, to say that. Most places you can food. <laughs> Food. I have to miss to get food. I wish, I wish, I wish people in their all dayers would plan an hour where everyone can go get food instead of putting a band on, so I don't I th- have to miss anything. I think I did suggest it. But... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the amount of times I stood outside New Cross with some kind of chicken just peering through the windows just to catch a little <laughs> bit of someone set. <laughs> yeah. Like for the dip fest because I was like, I figured I can't go have a food break. I'm supposed to be helping with this. So I literally during a a band break I popped into the um the little shop next door and bought like a banana and a Milky Way or something. <laughs> I just sort of stood in New Cross eating a banana because I am a punk. Punks need potassium. As someone who tends to review shows, I do feel a bit guilty sometimes of taking that break, especially if I've reviewed other bands. Yeah. I'll just be apologies. Even in the review, sorry, I've had to take a food yeah. break. People someone wants to get really upset about it, though. <laughs> ah, they're not worth talking about, then, if they can't understand it. Uh, like, what are your, your favourite yeah. venues? <laughs> Let's go with that. What are your favourite venues? Obviously, we're all going to say New Cross. Favorite. Oh, this is hard. I, I'm a... Yeah, Newcastle as a current venue is definitely up there. It's 
we'll just stick it. with it's current for now. Time. Yeah, we'll stick with current venues for now, and then we'll talk about some of our yeah. favorite lo- forgotten gun venues afterwards. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I've got a story one, which is um, I really like Coco in London. Like, I like Coco. Yeah, as, um, as the bigger venues, Coco is probably the top one. Yeah. yeah, like I went and saw Minor Self Indulgence there play with the red paintings and dead baiters. I've only gone to Coco once, but walking down, like if you've never been to Coco, like you walk up like some stairs and there's like cloakrooms and toilets either side. And then there's a huge corridor, like you're like descending into a circus. And like the dead baiters play like this weird, trippy sort of punk rock with like electronic. And it just feels like you're being drawn into something. And then you come out on a balcony and get to look down on the band, which is just a fantastic way to walk into a venue. Like, oh, and the sound in there is perfect. And it's just like, you feel like you've got enough room. You can stand at the balcony if you want to, or you can stand down in the pit if you want to. It yeah. just felt really nice. I don't want to go again in case it's rubbish. But... <laughs> no, no, Coco stays like that. Coco has yeah. that feel. Um, I do love that venue a lot. Is it okay? Because they had a big fire there, didn't they? Was it it last year? I haven't been since to know, but I assume it's all right. I know, but when we were in London in January, we walked past, I think probably got there all ages or something like that. And um, yeah, we saw like that, all the scaffolding and stuff outside, but obviously this year or the last year, they haven't been able to put on shows anyway. So hopefully Mm -hmm. it'll be all right once gigs are allowed to be a thing again you would hope so i have to google that i'm intrigued now i hadn't really thought about (laughs) (laughs) what other favorite venues do you want to shout out while we're here i like one there's one up in leeds uh called wolf chambers which is where pie race is held um and it's a really small intimate venue and it looks like it used to be an old butchery back in the time um and they clearly just cleared out it's proper gritty still but it's really cool like small like diy space for sure um and there's a really there's like a beam just above where the the crowd is and every time there's a punk show they're pretty much every set there's someone hanging off it <laughs> it's just for a laugh and it's oh, like yeah, constant, laugh, pictures, constant pictures from pyrae so just people dangling off it or doing something off it it's hilarious yeah. um i would re- recommend it if there there is other pie races or the, I can't remember what the sister one is called now, but the the girls up in Leeds run it. Um, something similar to Pi. Um, that's um, that's a great place where they hold it for sure. I would recommend it. Cool. I I really like uh, Conroy's basement in Dundee. Have you ever been up from like uh, the guys that make that a take? I've not been to any gigs in Scotland. I oh, I recommend Conroy's in Dundee from for the guys. Well, take me with them next time they go up there because I, I really want to go and see a gig yeah it's such a cool venue like it's just okay it's like a basement venue and it just feels like a proper punk place i guess obviously the guys who run it are very much in love with this whole scene and do amazing work and like we've only been once for book your own fest in 2019 13 i think that was 20 yeah but um uh, just I fell in love with the place. I thought, what an incredible space. The people there were all super friendly as well, which makes a like a, a venue is obviously just uh, bricks and mortar or whatever. And but the the what makes a venue is the people. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So like, and that Conroy's is just a, a wonderful sort of community space. Which, so if you can go up there when we're allowed, I recommend it because Conroy's woo. I have a real soft spot for the edge of a wedge <laughs> in Portsmouth. Like the room is tiny. <laughs> And like the bands are basically put on in the corner because it's it's basically the I'd say it's the like room that you go through when you're going to see a band in the Reg rooms. So a lot of people don't know it's like another venue, but it's like this tiny room and it's always really lovely and everyone in there's just been like super nice and like it just sounds really great in there and I really like going to gigs there. <laughs> Not sure I've ever been to Portsmouth. I haven't I've heard of Edge, Edge of the Wedge. Yeah, wedge rooms. I've had the wedge rooms before. It, it's the room that you walk through to go to the wedge rooms. <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> like um, sometimes when they have bands playing in the edge of the wedge, they open the wedge rooms so they can put the merch tables in the wedge rooms. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Um, there's a really nice place uh, I like. There's a Green Door Store in Bryham. What's good about that? Oh, I'll carry on, mate. Oh, wait. <laughs> I, I thought I'd let you talk because you were... <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Okay, uh, yeah, Green Door Store in Bryan. Um, it's just, like, almost, like, underneath the train station. Um, it's got to go down the hill a little bit around the corner, and it's uh, it looks like it's been made out of, like, an old mechanics or something. It's literally, like, probably, like, stone walls, uh, stone, like, brick walls and stuff like that. It's a little bar just in the corner of it. Um, it's probably only about 100 cap at best, but it's had like pretty decent bands like Feed the Rhino play there, like and absolutely smash it in there. It's, pretty, it's a great like little venue, mostly for hardcore shows, metal maybe. Nice. I like, we'll stick with Brighton then. I, I, do you, have you been to the Hope and Ruin in Brighton? Yeah, I love Hope and Ruin. That's a really cool venue. Like we saw um, Spanish Love Songs, uh, Pew, and uh, Goodbye Blue Monday there when they did their tour and it was such a good night it's like oh, such wow. a cool venue as well they obviously got the restaurant downstairs with a really nice vegan hot dog which i had to eat with a knife and fork because it was a lot of sauce and it made a mess but yeah um, they've got they're like satan places yeah it's just a real i guess i don't know i'm assuming they have all sorts of music there not just sort of punk but it's just uh, a, really see, cool spot. a bunch of like album release shows there from like bin bands yeah I think Brighton's got loads of cool venues. What's the uh, festival they have in Brighton? Uh, Washed up? Is that right? Have I made that up? Yeah, I think I think that's. The yeah, you are right. There is a DIY yeah. one of that. Yeah, they, well, they have like so loads cool. of good festival uh, bands from all over, don't they? All playing all the venues. Yeah, I think that's created by some guy from BIM. Ah, okay, uh, that's like a, it's like end of year project kind of thing, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's always like I've looked at light ups and I think this looks fantastic, but I think it's always quite close to MPF, so I've never been. Yeah, MPF gets priority, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got a real soft spot for a place we used to put shows on called After Dark. It's like down a corridor in Red Inn, like it's between like some legal offices, basically. <laughs> so like you, most people don't know it's there, and they usually have like fucking trap nights or something like in this club that's just nothing but like the the way the room is laid out it just feels like it's from the 80s and they haven't changed a thing and like there's a huge back room that you can go into if you don't really want to watch the bands and like play like 
arcade games and football and stuff like that. Foosball, sorry. And yeah, it's like really, really nice. And then the stage is like got like a really nice vibe to it. And there's like a upper area as well that, where the sound man sits. And it's just like, it's a really nice venue to put stuff on. It has like a really cool vibe. Um, okay. We also have a place in Bracknell. Oh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's underneath the car park. Oh, God. I, the name slips my mind, but like it was a gym underneath a car park that they turned into a venue. And um, I, 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 really weirdly, they book ska bands, like they book just rock bands and then suddenly book a ska band and like nobody turns up, like three people oh, turn yeah. up and they're the best shows to go to. We saw Popes of Chili Town just after they released the second album. And they had three people, a crowd of three people. <laughs> and oh, it was it was fantastic. Nice. It's, it's it's but like oh uh, yeah, it's what you get for playing Bracknell, I suppose. <laughs> the Popes, I, I always feel like Popes are that sort of band who will p- play the same set to three people as they will to five hundred people. Yeah. So. Yeah. What you got a timer again? Yeah. <laughs> We got ten minutes. We can wrap up favorite venues in ten minutes. Easy. Um, so okay, I, cool. I got uh, Zombie Shack in Manchester is incredible venue. I do yeah. like Zombie Shack. It's, yeah. t- it's tiny, like zombie tiki bar, which is. I think so many of my favorite MPF sets have been in that room. I don't envy the loading to that. No. <laughs> no, those. Obviously, <laughs> I'm not a drinker, but stuff. I think going up those stairs or down those stairs, if after you've had a few. It's probably not a fun time either. <laughs> Seeing Fast Fade though was actually fantastic. Oh yeah. Oh, it was great. Who else? Well, Skiv played there I as well, that. didn't they? Yeah, Skiv played I saw the Skiv set. Seen Nosebleed in there before. That was amazing. Follow Your Dreams played there as well, which yeah. was really good. I saw Tapes play in there before. In a, uh, not last MPF, the, the other one they played. Which was... That... Tapes were be really good in that room yeah i mean at that time that was i think i might have even before alterations came out it was ages ago but so it was um so i didn't have that many people in the room watching them but i was there because i loved the tapes that was probably the first time i met them as well properly but i have memories then seeing them obviously play the big stage obviously they weren't supposed to play it but seeing them on there anyway was incredible <laughs> yeah watching that, them play union was yeah, Amazing. probably should preface that was when we say they weren't supposed to play there, they weren't originally booked, but a band dropped out and the burnt tapes filled in rather than they just invaded the stage and had a go. <laughs> <laughs> that's not it, they invaded, why not? Yeah, that, that's Tone. a better story to be fair. And at Tone, Tone commandeer Tone somebody you. out, grab their bass. <laughs> I can't We're imagine now. Tone ever punching anybody. <laughs> nice, too nice. Um, Cuddled them to death. Yeah, that's probably more likely. Uh, like my last one, like for or favorite venues, is uh, the Exchange in Bristol, which is oh, it's a really fantastic. cool venue. I haven't been. I was meant to go one time, and then just I, my think my travel fell through, and getting there from Hastings is not easy. So, fair play, yeah. Uh, they had some weird. Like when I was there for, I think it was fish stock. One of the fish stocks. They had like. I think that's weird, what I was trying to go to. Weird, like platforms set up on the right i think it was to like quell the capacity of the room but we were punks so we climbed on them <laughs> and we were all dancing the faintest idea whilst standing on these podiums and having a great time 
Uh, that's what the, the exchange is sort of like, I guess it's community run as well, isn't it? Like anyone yeah. can be a, a shareholder in uh, the exchange, which is really cool. They obviously have specialist subject offices and shop as part of the exchange as well, which I think is cool. But they, we were supposed to go for uh, Bristol Booze Cruise last year and I was really excited for it. But that would have been cool because I've, I've, I've been like, I've only been twice. The first time was to see the run up and quitters and they played in the cafe bit rather than on the either of the stages, which is just kind of cool, just sort of a, a nice floor show in like a really small space. But And then the second time we went to see the Dreadnoughts play and that was in like the main room and that was insane. But I remember being, it was literally the day after MPF. We traveled from Manchester oh, down no. to We traveled from <laughs> Manchester down to Bristol to see, because the Dreadnoughts are Emma's probably like top five favorite bands ever. And I, I don't really know them. And most of the songs are about cider, it seemed. So there was sort of me after a three day <laughs> festival, half dead, sort of leaning against a pole, half awake while everyone else is getting really excited about songs about cider. But. I have seen the Dreadnought since then in a less sleepy capacity and I was at New Cross and they were amazing live then. So it's not a knock on them, it's a Collins old. <laughs> it's, it's a day after a festival. No, I can't deal with that. And then, <laughs> and then traveling however long it is from Manchester to Bristol as well. The last one I want to mention is the Joiners in oh. Southampton, which is absolutely fantastic. Small little venue. Um, great gigs. Like we once played a show with Captain Trips there where they were having a skateboarding competition between the bands in the venue. Wow, it was wow. absolutely fantastic. <laughs> like okay, setting up incredible. and watching people do kickflips in front of you, you're like, yes. <laughs> Brilliant. So Cap- Captain Trips do a lot of stuff there, if I imagine that. Uh, yeah, they do a lot of stuff there because they're Portsmouth based. Yeah, so. yeah they, they, they had Punkle Fester or something. They had a fest, like skate punk uh, fest. I don't know. Seems to it rings a bell. I had because I know Mug played a lot of the Umlaut bands were there. Cause I remember Mark probably did the artwork because Mark Bell is the best artwork guy in the world. Wearing one um, of his t-shirts right now. I mean, I am pretty much every other day, but Palace are playing today, so we're repping. Um, <laughs> I think this is Mark Bell. No, that's yeah. uh, Lebrano. Oh, is it not? Of Iron Cheek, yeah. Oh. I have that t-shirt. <laughs> Obviously, because we go to the same gigs, so we have all the same clothes. Uh, <laughs> I own the t-shirt back. He's wearing. Uh, yep, exactly. I know a couple of people with that t-shirt. This t-shirt, it's getting worn out. It's, I've worn it way too many times. It's it's just appropriate though, isn't it, for the world we live in, and all yeah. the dickheads. Um, right, so we're we're gonna time out, and we'll be back for the third, and we'll say final part of all right, cool. this in a minute and oh wait i should do an advert before we go to break uh, paper cuts paper cuts 2 is coming out soon ish you can order it from the shoutloader website it's a collection of 50 plus uh stories and poems or whatnot from writers from the punk scene all over the world i've got a piece in there mackie's got a piece in there dan hasn't got a piece in there but i'm sure maybe if paper cut three tenths comes around and he pulls his finger out he can do something <laughs> Um, yeah, that, out. Sorry out. Um, and all the money raised from that is going to the Music Venue Trust which is obviously we spoke at the beginning about a very important charity that's keeping all these venues alive during a really difficult time so head over to the Shout Louder page on Facebook or wherever you find Shout Louder and I'm sure there's plenty of links um, yeah and we will be back in a second now 
Uh, hello, welcome back to part three of the, the podcast. We're still talking about venues with Dan and Mackie. But now we're going to talk about sort of some of our favorite venues that are no longer with us. Uh, sad faces. <laughs> For those on Spotify, Dan looks really sad now. He does look very <laughs> sad. Do you want to go first, Dan? Get it all out. Uh, <laughs> I haven't actually got too many. Um, the one that I really wish I went to, like when it was there, was um, I used to live in Basingstoke for about two years, and um, Basingstoke doesn't have many venues. But we used to have uh, Sanctuary, and it was all uh, run by the, some really nice guys, and like they put on loads and loads of metal shows, really. But like we got offered a couple of gigs there, and I never got a chance to visit. But it looked absolutely amazing until it was closed down, really, and it's pretty sad because that town kind of lost its only proper venue oh man so yeah there's not a lot of punk shows or punk scene uh, there as much anymore we still get the occasional gig but they're not in what feels like proper venues anymore that's a shame yeah, yeah. um reading wise like after dark was almost closed this year <laughs> oh, really? and then came back from the dead yeah um they lost their they were losing their license to play music because of the classic thing, which is everybody, they built flats nearby oh. and then people started complaining about the noise. I thought there was protection against that kind of thing. Um, there is um, for old venues, essentially, but after dark, because it closed and reopened, it was a, a different case, oh. but they did beat oh, it. Oh, that's a pain. So they're still going to be open, hopefully, soon. Um, when gigs can have happen again, so we'll see. That it's yeah. a mad thing that still like gets to me, like how you can move into a, a building where the, you know there's a venue next door, and then you can complain. Crowley's gets that complaint quite a lot. It's we have been struggling with it for a while, and we've been um, basically putting in as many measures as we can to sort that. We've been working with the council, just like don't shut us down. We're sorted out our soundproofing but there's someone that just does seem to have an agenda against us i think <laughs> it's a bit of a shame but it's yeah horrible. why why move near a venue or even into a town center if you're going to complain about noise yeah i've never understood it especially like if like a venue like everything's finished by 11 o'clock like you'd think that they'd be happy yeah uh, i guess with that i guess not to stick up for them, but if a venue finishes at 11, people will obviously then leaving and that probably creates more noise because it's outside of the venue. Oh yeah, I think that's where uh, complaints now come from more yeah. than the actual music, it's the punters. But it's, we can say what we, we could be, please be quiet, but it's all down to the individuals at the end yeah. of the day. Just trusting the great British public to do the right thing and, <laughs> well, <laughs> let's not go. Yeah, let's <laughs> not <that's going>. <laughs> Um... All right, I mentioned one earlier, which was the crypts. That was, of course, a big shame for anyone that was in Hastings around that time. That was easily one of the best venues for all types of music. Um, but I will go further around um, the Astoria in London, for me, was the greatest. Before that was shut down due to Olympic reasons. Oh, I never went there. I'm so sad about it. I've heard so many good things. Is, I think for someone who travels from the south, it's the nearest to Charing Cross, like walking distance from Charing Cross. So it was great, convenient for 
anyone that uh, from that area um or like Tunbridge Wells or anything like that just quickly jump on a train and you could easily walk back to the, the station with no issues and then top of that it was they had some great bands I mostly saw like heavier bands like metal like Atreyu was the first band I went to see there um I got to see Under Oath play there but also around the they did a secret set at I think it's now um Oh, it's a HMV, but it was a Zavi at the time. They did like at the bottom floor of the Zavi, did it like a secret, like six song set just before they played at the Astoria. Nice. I, I would have loved to have gone there, but I didn't because I wasn't going to gigs when that was still a thing. Like, I remember having the Atari's album, and I had, I'm assuming So Long Astoria is named after the Astoria. I assume so. And I never got that for so long. Isn't that a cover look? Now, so long a story. They did uh, Boys of Summer was the cover on that. Oh, um, so of course it was. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's the hit for them. These, uh, but, um, I'm not a big fan of the Ataris. No, so. I'm not a huge fan. Chris Rowe, by all accounts, seems like a complete dickhead. But um, <laughs> um, was a boy went into rage mode. That, that was me raging. Um, <laughs> ah, I've completely lost it. So I'll go off that. Um, yeah, but uh, for me, like in like smaller London venues, like the Montague Arms, I thought was a cool little venue, which sadly got closed down. I think it just, it was in a South London way, sort of near like Asbury and... Okay, I don't think I... I can't remember the tube journey there now, but it was, it was like um, Ollie uh, Till the Fest, or Till the Wheels even did a lot of shows there, and Angela used to do uh, 182, 187 something shows. Um, and uh, every, everything such used to do kind of lo- load of shows there as well. Like the, I remember seeing Iron Sheik play there, and it was insane. A uh, Reviver played there a couple of times, and just a really cool sort of DIY. It was like a pub with a, a room on the side. It had a nice high stage. It wasn't massive, but it was, well, the stage was sort of a good height, so you could wherever you stood in the room, it was easy enough to see. So you didn't have to be right down the front getting squashed if you didn't want to. Okay. I did have terrible toilets, though, from what I remember. <laughs> Those and the, toilets. Yeah, and the other one for me is like the borderline, which was in um, Tottenham Court Roadway. It was like, it was like, a, I guess like a basement venue sort of round up, right down a like side road on Tottenham Court Road. I never went. I uh, My mates played that quite a few times, but I never yeah, went. So I was, it was quite cool. gutted. I never did go. It was a cool little venue, like, especially for like a central London. It was more expensive because it was central London, but. It was, I saw um, quite a few, I saw Jesse James do a, a reunion gig there, which one of oh, the wow. best nights of my life. Um, uh, Random Hand played there a couple of, or at least once I saw him there, because uh, I have this memory of Robin saying it was like the, um, oh, what's the bar in Star Wars called? The Cantina or something? Cantina. Yeah. That's always stuck with me. I saw No Trigger play like that only ever England or London show, I think there. It's just a really cool, like they, uh, like it was, like it was, they had it, in one way and then I think it was a couple of years ago they re renovated uh, re, re they made it look different and <laughs> they just, that's the word yeah that'll do yeah um and they just made it like really really dark but uh, they changed the stage around a bit uh, but it was still quite a nice sort of venue though but I guess uh, central London they tried to cater for a lot of different genres of music yeah so we got offered a couple of shows there but I never got the chance to see it uh, it was such an idol. I really liked that. I don't think a lot of people will say, oh, I really miss that venue, but I really liked it for some reason. Might have just been some of the times I had there were really good. Saw the Menzingers play a, a show there once before they got massive, which was really cool. 
saw Polar Bear, uh, Polar Bear Club play there, which was fantastic. So many cool bands I've seen there. Like, who, I mean, Polar Bear Club obviously split up, but so many bands who went on to do play much bigger stages. So I've got really good memories of that place. I didn't like it when Tottenham Court Road was closed and you had to walk from Oxford Street. That was far. But oh, um, <laughs> actually, walking on Oxford Street just itself is my idea of hell. So I'll just continue but, um, to blame the Olympics for all of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, other sort of... Um, you mentioned the Coco earlier. There was um, a venue opposite called the Purple Turtle. Oh, yeah. Tiny, and I'm pretty sure that's no longer there. We went like two or three years ago. But yeah. one of the coolest things I saw there was a band, there's a hardcore show I went there, an all day, and Cruel Hands headlined it. And then in the space of about five years later, they clearly moved up in the world and were playing the Coco next time I saw them. <laughs> oh, nice. That's really cool. Purple Turtle, I think, is a chain because uh, it exists in Reading as a venue as well. I'm pretty sure they used oh. to be one in Brighton, maybe as well. Yeah. But I could be wrong. The, the, um, it's pretty good. They put gigs on on Tuesdays, though. So Tuesdays and Thursdays. So it's not the best for people that work. Tiny little DIY place, not as small as New Cross, I think, but it is decent size, probably 100 cap from the one I went to up in, up in London. So the Barfly, I mean, that's still a venue, isn't it, the Barfly, but it's something else now. It's like uh, the assembly rooms. Is that it? Something like that. The other one that used to also be Mean Fiddler. Yeah. Mean... I think maybe it was run by Mean Fiddler or something, but... I I vaguely... Re- I've never been, but oh, bar- I just know uh, of it from the old Kerrang magazine. Yeah, the like... Barfly was a cool little venue. I guess it was kind of... Because Camden, it's kind of a trendy venue as well, isn't it? Because... Mm. But the Monarch as well in Camden, on Camden High Street, that was a cool little pub slash venue I went to a few times. I don't think I went to that one. That was like, a lot of, because obviously Extra Mile have a lot of history, I think, with the Monarch. I think uh, Beans on Toast was the manager at one point, and Beans oh, on okay. Toast, the person called Jay. But what <laughs> if someone Beans on Toast is weird? Um, <laughs> My mates love him, so... <laughs> yeah. no, I think he's really good. But I yeah, he's really gears. good. But, I've bought two albums. Played Hastings. But, the year before, I think. I really love how he releases an album every year on his birthday. Without oh, wow. <laughs> okay, fail. Which I think is fa- cool fantastic. I haven't listened to any for years, so I, but I assume the songwriting has uh, kept the quality. <laughs> he did a song with Frank Turner this year about right. discos in the 70s, I think, or something. Sounds well, weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, the, the, I'm not sure I can relate. <laughs> no, but, uh, the, the Monarch was a quite a cool little venue as well, but that's sadly closed as is the way so let's stop let's let's do a little a plea to the people now uh, let's stop <laughs> venues keeping on closing and support music venue trust and when they're open go to the venues and support Please them then the venues these are the ones i like yeah because <laughs> without venues we don't get bands getting better so these, these yeah. diy venues are important they are if you don't have your first gig you're not going to have your big gig are you so <laughs> no. It's important, right? Uh, we'll wrap this up a bit soon, I guess, because we want to go watch football. Um, so, what are you, any sort of famous venues you'd really want to visit? Oh, wait, before we do this, one last venue that's broken up I want to mention Sound Control in uh, Manchester. I, I was thinking of Sound Control while you were talking. It's, I only went there once. I was when I think it was 2017, and that was the last yeah. one that MPF managed to do, I think. Yeah, that was like a really cool spot because it was like three floors and like you had the big stage upstairs 
Then you had like a middle floor, which was like a big bar, but you could put bands in there as well. And merch as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like the basement downstairs was just was really good for gigs. And like, oh, I saw the... filaments tear it up at that bottom bottom floor. That yeah, year. that was insane. That was really, <laughs> I was at that. Yeah, and I saw. I think because they had the first MPF. That was basically the only venue they used, and <laughs> it was such a cool little place. Or a big place. It's a, sh- it's a shame they've turned it into houses um, or flats. Oh, yeah, massive. Guided for it. That's a, I honest. think I feel like a, probably a big loss for the uh, Manchester music scene in general. Just that that nice yeah, big I space. Mean, around there, there's still like I, I like Gorilla. That's around there. Yeah, Gorilla's um, cool. Zombie Chick Shack is literally there. Yeah. Um, like, I don't yeah, think you could yeah. have like, as a place in in England where you could put on Manchester Punk Festival and have that many cool venues in the, around the same area. Brighton might have been doable. Yeah, yeah. But not I think, as big a scale. No, because there's a bit more walking about. Yeah, it's about the same. Right. We could probably do it in Reading. We've got like maybe twelve in the <laughs> no, in the space of each other, which are pretty easy to put things on. You could not do it in Bedford, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine because the people in Bedford are fools mostly. Luckily, they won't listen to this, so they won't beat me up. <laughs> right, so, um, anyway, uh, fa- famous venues we'd like to visit. Conroy's um, basement. You should. Yeah, I've not been, so I'll take your word for that. <laughs> um, I One for me would be... Um, oh, hang on, I've forgotten the name. The one in Nottingham. <laughs> oh, Rock City. Rock City, that's the one. My aunt absolutely loves that venue, but of course I just don't go to Nottingham. No. So, yeah. I went there one time, I think, to see Less Than Jake, obviously, because that's what I do. Um, I don't remember a lot about it, but it's, it's quite a big venue, I think. Uh, my Jake, aunt so. raves about it, so I kind yeah. of like, got all the hype of it from her, if anything. It's, yeah. I've, I've only heard good things about the place. So my, my main one I really want to visit before, I, that's like bucket list, is... I think you've gone like reasonably local. I've gone for America. I want to go to Gilman Street in uh, San Francisco. Sorry? Which one's Gilman Street? It's the one where basically every band from San Francisco started. Like like Green Day started there and like No Effects, Bad Religion, all like the Lookout Records bands, all like the Asian Man bands probably have played there at some point. Okay, nice. Please, some musical history. Very, it's, it's, I think it's like the original DIY space. It was community oh, run. Okay. Still is community run. Like you have house rules, and I was talking to Paul, the Ugly Smith brother, and <laughs> he um, he was sort of telling me because he's been there. He was telling me about um, like they have they have um, they don't have a bar or anything like that there, or just literally a music venue. I guess to encourage not. People, people not getting completely drunk and that's fair enough a, I guess it makes it more of a safe space it's a bold decision I give them that to encourage people to yeah. do drugs instead yeah, well maybe <laughs> but I guess because it's community run I think you pay a membership it's, it's it like, that's um, what runs it is there a bit of a straight edge community there uh, I, I wouldn't know to be honest no effects are from there so <laughs> they like Probably everything <laughs> um but I, I mean, I maybe depends on the show, I suppose, with everywhere. But I don't know, to be honest. But I just, I just know I want to go there. That's top of my list of venues to visit in the world. I don't know as many like venues in other countries. I've got to have like 
is it CGB CBB? Yeah, 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 in New York. I was gonna say, I that's like an iconic one that would be great to visit. Yeah, of course, but I don't know that many abroad, which is shit on me, really. <laughs> nah, well, I think with the European ones now, we probably won't be able to go to very often anyway because <laughs> reasons we shouldn't get into. Fucking Brexit. I've been to a couple in Copenhagen, Brits. which is um, very cool. I don't know. Okay. But uh, they, they were called cool. basically the Rock Freaks guys that dragged me out to venues. <laughs> now, when we went to uh, Hamburg last year, for not last year, year before now, God, time is going too quickly. Uh, for, they have, like, Hamburg got some really cool little venues that I can't wait to go back to when I'm allowed. Because I, I found with, like, uh, venues abroad as well, like, like, it's like a very different atmosphere to what you find in this country. So it's a lot more chilled out, like with, like, well, actually, I'll apologise to you because I know you work in venues, but the staff seem a lot friendlier. I don't know what it is, but probably... No, 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 no. We're, we're jaded, cynical English people, probably. That's probably part of it. But oh, um, yeah, it's definitely a part of it. I don't know, I suppose it depends on the shows and the events, I guess. Yeah. Like, I know, like, when I... I I'm well, always happy at the punk shows I work at, so, but when it's at like other events, maybe I'm a bit of a stressy bastard, you know? Maybe, maybe. Is that, yeah, if you don't like the music, then you won't necessarily enjoy the uh, the people who come to drink at that venue. <laughs> yeah, who knows? But, <laughs> I know when we went to America for Fest, like, we've, I've, the, the bar staff there were super, super friendly. But I know, obviously, in America, they very much work for tips. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't work for tips. So. <laughs> It's not I guess it's part of it. So, we got anything else to add to why we love why we venues before we end this? Why why we love venues? Yeah, because um, they put bands on. Put bands for me. It's insightful. I'm missing the socialness of venues and people at the shows like you guys. Yeah, like, I haven't seen either of you guys here since. Well, I haven't seen Dan since February. You since. Uh, January. <laughs> wow. So yeah. And we only ever saw each other at shows. Yeah, yeah, this is it. Like, I guess as you get older, your, your friendship group does become the people you see at shows now. Yeah, for the most part. Like, of course, I've got my closest mates out local, but yeah, yeah. I, miss the, I miss the gig mates. Like, for lot. someone like me, because obviously I moved to Bedford uh, four years ago, three years ago, five years ago, a, a few years ago, and that I don't think I've made a single friend in Bedford who I don't someone who isn't someone I work with yet but I, in that time I've made loads of friends at gigs oh. so I think it's a very that sounds really bleak but no it's supposed to be a positive thing about the people yeah. at gigs are just incredible people and that's why I, we need to keep venues open so Colin can continue to make friends um, <laughs> <laughs> this just is the reason just got well, other, well the just people I make friends with can make friends with me um I mean, it's really, I'm not even a sociable person. It takes a lot for me to go up to people and be like, hello, I'm Colin. Um, let's be my friend. But but I find it easier at gigs for some reason. Like, Yeah. It's a lot of I mean, like-minded I, people, I guess. There was a time where I couldn't get mates to come to shows with me, so I'd just go to shows alone. And where there was like bigger venues, I'd just turn up early, queue up early, and randomly meet your friends in the queue. Yeah. It just It just strikes me how often we probably saw each other at shows before we'd even made friends with oh, each other that, like we were probably all in the same rooms probably like three or four years before we'd actually started talking to each other yeah no doubt 
there's a yeah, there's one. There's a picture of me and Sarah um, from Shout Louder in the same at, at the same show. One, of the, I think it's a TNS show at the, the Underworlds, and I had, didn't even know who Sarah was at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I think I met her some point later in the year. <laughs> As I, well, me and Emma, we we met online, and it turned out we'd been to so many shows together and hadn't realised, which is just nuts when you think. Like now, I'm spending my life with this lady. Um, found on this podcast, me and Dan have seen anti flaggers on the same shows. <laughs> something like yeah, before we knew each other. <laughs> we'll, we'll end with like the out, like we'll talk, call me Malcolm, and like all my nameless friends. Like that song is basically about the people you meet at gigs and how you don't know them, but you like recognize them and they, they're, they're your friends in that moment because you're at yeah. that gig together. Which is, I think, a really, really great thing, and something I cannot wait to get back to going. Oh yeah, I, I recognise him. Well, I recognise her, and then not talking to them. But <laughs> as a slight plug, actually, the only gig I got remotely booked at the moment is Call Me Malcolm. I haven't announced it properly because I don't even know if it's going to happen yet, based on everything that's going on. Yeah. But I'm hoping it will happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, I miss seeing them. I did yeah. see them once last year. It seems weird not seeing them like five times a year. Mm. Yeah, it just feels weird not seeing bands in general, but there yeah. we go. So right, right, Posi- positive, positive, positive ending, positive, positive ending. Energy. Hopefully we'll be able to see you all soon at these amazing venues and make friends with you. Yes. And then maybe one day you can be on the Collins Punk Rock World podcast. <laughs> um, Hopefully. Yeah, I think, I think we'll, we'll end it there because we're rambling now. Thank you for watching or listening. Um, uh, like and subscribe and follow and do all those things on the Spotify and the YouTube and stuff and um, like Collins Punk Rock World on Facebook and CPRW Records on Facebook and all the other places, Bandcamp and like Tape It Shut uh, Dan's Band and like Crowley's Bar to keep in touch with all the gigs they'll be putting on when this is over and uh, Rock Freaks yeah. and Down to Life <laughs> and the one about metal I've forgotten the name of Fistful of Metal. Fistful of Metal. That's, that's by uh, the uh, Deck Cheese people, isn't it? Beaver of Rock? Uh, yeah, same family as yeah. uh, Down for Life, um, Big Cheese, um, yeah, all that lot. Beaver cool. Rock. Right, excellent. Well, thanks very much for joining me today, gentlemen. And we'll uh, hopefully, yeah, see, guys. hopefully be able to see you soon in real life. And uh, goodbye, everyone listening and watching. <laughs> Fingers, much crossed, love. Man. Fingers crossed. All right. Peace out. That's the the, urban way of leaving. Peace out.